Isaiah chapter 9, we're going to read verse 6 and 7 this morning. And the Bible tells us, <clears throat> For unto us a child is born. Unto us, <clears throat> everybody say unto us. A son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God. The Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And verse 7 goes on and it says, And of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Everybody say no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Amen. Let's lay our Bibles down. Let's ask the Lord to speak to our hearts this morning as we go into the word of the Lord. Lord, we love you. My God, I thank you for the opportunity to feel your touch one more time in this place this morning. My God, I pray that you would anoint this mind of mine, these lips of mine, that I could say and think only the things you place in my mind today. God, I pray that you would anoint this word, God. Lord, I pray that you would anoint our ears that we could hear what you have to say this morning. Thank you, God, for coming to this earth. Lord, thank you for robing yourself in flesh and God dying on an old rugged cross for my sins. God, you are so good. You are so good. We love you, Jesus. Can we give him a hand clap of praise this morning? Oh, we love you. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, you're worthy to be praised. Glory to your name, Jesus. Glory to your name. Amen. You can be seated this morning. Amen. God is good. Amen. It's been cold, but yet we've all stayed warm enough to stay alive, and I'm thankful for that. Praise God. <clears throat> Amen. I'll tell you, as I began contemplating... Um, and if you haven't seen it already, I, I mentioned earlier that we were going to be doing uh, more stuff on social media and that I hired somebody to help me out and keep things moving in a, in a rapid fire way. Um, we're just trying to reach out because I've learned in this community people are responsive to social media. And so uh, I, I think that's a good investment. But you'll see that I put together a, about a minute and a half, almost two minutes I think actually, of uh, just a small little Merry Christmas message out there, and they posted that this morning, amen. But as I began to pray about this morning service, what I said in that little message, I couldn't get away from, Brother Mendez, and, and so you guys are going to kind of hear the expanded version, amen. Uh, I began thinking about the messaging that was going on at the birth of Christ. And we're going to get into some scriptures here in just a moment. But even in Isaiah chapter 9, we see here at the end of verse number 6, the Bible said that he's going to be called the prince of what? Of peace. And then the verse 7, he said, and of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. And so this morning, what I want to talk to us for just a few moments about is never-ending peace never ending peace 
Now, as I began to prepare, I, I, I asked myself this question, what is, what is peace? What is peace as many of us know it? I went to the dictionary just to see what the dictionary of our language states peace is. They said it is the absence of war or other hostilities. Typically, that's where most of our mind goes. An agreement or a treaty to end hostilities. Number three, freedom from quarrels and disagreement. Harmonious relations. Sounds good. That is peaceful. Is it reality? I don't think so. Public security and order. And then the last one, inner contentment, serenity. And I began to look at all of these. And, you know, as much as I love the first four, as much as I would love to have those, Brother Tuffy, in my life, I don't want war in my life. I don't like disagreeing with people. I don't like confrontation. In fact, if I can steer around confrontation, I typically will do that. But at the end of the day, our lives, we're human beings. We're going to face problems. We do face problems. It's just a reality, folks. I'm not trying to be pessimistic. I'm just trying to help you understand life is life. But yet we can have peace in life. And I believe that, scripturally speaking, that in this passage, he's not talking about the absence of war. He's not talking about freedom from quarrels and disagreement. But he's talking about something that's happening on the inside. And so then I went to the original. And do you know what the original word was in the Hebrew, in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 7? Shalom. Anybody recognize that word? Shalom. Now, I said, okay, what does shalom mean to us in English? And the word shalom, from what I could find in the lexicons this, this morning, was a few different words that I think will help us understand what Isaiah was prophesying in his, in his uh, book here in Isaiah chapter 9. A few different words that this one word, shalom, was translated into the rest of the Bible. One word being peace. We understand peace. Completeness. Safeness. Health. Satisfaction. Friend and blessing. I think when you consider the word spoken in this context of words, it kind of gives you a better picture of what Isaiah was prophesying. He didn't say, in fact, we know today, when we look back over the story of Christ, that when he was birthed into the world, peace didn't just erupt in the world. He didn't remove the Roman rule and the Roman effect in, in Israel, he didn't stop the zealots from attacking the soldiers. He didn't cause the disruptions of, of the uh, political things going on in that day. No, but he was able to, in the midst of that, 
bring serenity, to bring peace, to bring hope and life to everybody that came in contact with him. I would have loved to be there when Jesus walked the earth. I understand. You can't go back in time and wishing isn't going to change anything. But there's some things that I do understand. Is the peace that he had with him while he walked on the earth is available to me today. Man, I, I, feel, I feel what I'm talking about this morning. I just hope we get a revelation of what I'm talking about today. Amen. Peace is not the absence of all the craziness of life. But peace is the fact that I know that I can be complete. I know that I can be healthy. I know that I can be satisfied in Jesus if I'll just let him come into my life. Amen. Praise God. What greater peace today than to know that he has fulfilled all things. When I began to look at shalom, what, what does that mean? Completeness. I began to think about what he told us when he came into the earth and, and he was talking to those uh, in, in Matthew chapter 5 in the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, and he said, think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill, or can I say it this way, but to complete them. Amen. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. He said, let me tell you something. I put some things in motion. He's talking here to the people, and he said, I want you to understand. I'm not trying to claim that I'm trashing everything that I've done in the past. He said, no, but I'm pulling it all together, and I'm putting a completeness on it. I'm putting a ribbon on there. I'm fulfilling the plan that I set in motion from the beginning of time, thus bringing the peace or the completeness and the government that will have no end. And we have the opportunity today to be a part of that kingdom this morning. And a part of that government that he talked about. No more bloodshed is required for the atonement of sin. He meant because the blood of the perfect Lamb of God was shed one day. He meant now today the veil can be torn and, and peace accessed directly because he came to fulfill the old law and establish a new covenant. Amen. Hebrews chapter 9 verses 16 through 17 says this, for where a testament is, there must also be the necessity of, uh, be the death of the testator. For a testament is of force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. Can I understand what they're talking about here? The Bible says here, somebody puts out a testament. You guys ever heard the, the, the term, their last will and testament? That last will and testament doesn't go into effect until what happens? Until they pass away. You don't have access to the things that are in that will and testament until that person passes away. Now, hopefully you're not wishing that on anybody. But at the end of the day, Jesus, the writer of Hebrews, Jesus was that testator. 
We all understand Jesus was God in the flesh. Amen? We understand that he walked this earth to fulfill the law that he put in place as God. And so God, who had put that old covenant or that Old Testament, or can I say that last will and testament, in place, that one had to die in order for the new covenant or the new testament to come into play. You with me today? And so Jesus died being God in the flesh, closing the book on the Old Testament, saying, hey, here we go. I got bigger and better plans than what I had in the past. In fact, let me go on and just jump down to the end of uh, Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 24. The Bible says, for Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands. You understand, he's talking about the old tabernacle. He's talking about the old temple. There was a place called the holy place, the holiest of holies even. And that only one man, the high priest, could go one time a year to make atonement for all the people. Amen. But the Bible said, Christ is not entered into that holy place that was made with hands, which are the figures of the true. So essentially, he said, which are the figures of the true? He said, that's just a, a, a type and a shadow of what is to come. You with me this morning? I, I'm going to do just a small amount of teaching. And I'm going to get back to the exciting stuff, all right? Amen. But I want you to ride with me. But he said in here in verse 24, but into heaven itself, now to appear not just in a room that has a box with two cherubs on it that they can make sacrifice to, amen, but he can really go into the real holy of holies, which is in the real presence of God. Is that what it says? For Christ is not entered into that place made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. Verse 25, nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entereth into the holy place every year with blood of others. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now, how many times? You see that up there? But now, once, in the end of the world, hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed, man, unto men once to die, but after this the judgment, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall appear the second time without sin into salvation. For the law, amen, going on, you got to understand, the Bible wasn't split up into chapters and verses at one time. This was all one letter, okay, amen, and so if we can jump over to Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 1, it's still the same conversation, and he goes in and he said, for the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never, with those sacrifices, which they offered year by year, continually make comers thereunto perfect. 
But what I've come to preach to us today about is that never-ending peace that can today make us perfect. Oh, hallelujah. Can you feel what I'm talking about this morning? Amen. He said, hey, I've got something that you need. Amen. I've come to deliver peace unto you. I've come to give you everything. Amen. That you could not attain through the law. So I have to come. I have to be born of a virgin. Amen. That's why we're here celebrating today. Amen. Jesus came. Everybody say, Jesus came. He came for me, and he came for you, and he came with peace, and he came proclaiming peace on earth, and he came preaching peace on earth, and he came handing out peace to those that he would come in contact with, because that's the God that we serve. Hallelujah. We have access. We have access to this peace because of this Christ child. Bear with me. I'm not going to be much longer. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 13 through 18 says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of partition between us having abolished in his flesh the enmity even the law of commandments contained in ordinances for to make in himself of twain one new man so making Peace, verse 15 said, uh, and verse 16, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, uh, having slain the enmity uh, thereby. Are you with me this morning? And verse 17 goes on and came uh, and he preached. What did he preach? Uh, he preached peace uh, to you which were afar off uh, and to them that were nigh. For though him, through him we have we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Oh, hallelujah. Does this excite anybody here this morning? Amen. Isaiah tells us here again in our text this morning, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, and of the increase of his government, and peace shall be no end hallelujah why am I excited about this well you got to understand Isaiah wasn't there when Jesus was born Isaiah didn't get to see what he was talking about. Isaiah didn't get to experience what he was talking about. But what he was talking about, the angels began to sing about it. Amen. Out there on the hillside to the shepherds in Luke chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace, goodwill toward men. Not only did the angels sing it, but Jesus proclaimed it before he left the earth. He told his disciples in John chapter 14 and 27, 
He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Amen. You've got to understand, this had to be accomplished. But he had to leave the disciples physically so that he could come back to them and be in them. Amen. He told them in verse 16 of the same chapter, John 14, and I will pray. Pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, uh, whom the world cannot receive, uh, because it seeth him not, uh, neither knoweth him, but you know him, uh, for he dwells with you. Uh, and he said, but he shall be in you. Uh, amen. He said, I will not leave you comfortless. Uh, he said, I'm not sending somebody else. Uh, in my stead he said but I will come unto you hallelujah jumping down to verse 26 he said later on he said but the comforter which is the Holy Ghost whom the Father will send in my name he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have told you he said hey you're having a hard time with life let me say something you get the Holy Ghost the Holy Ghost is bringing back to your remembrance that I told you my peace I leave with you he said my, my, my spirit will remind you that I told you I shall be in you I shall be able to help you hallelujah hallelujah this brings us the rest that Isaiah said in the interview here this morning amen the rest Isaiah began talking about in Isaiah chapter 28, verse 11 and 12, he said this. He said, for with stammering lips and another tongue will I speak to this people. Yet another prophecy into the future from Isaiah. To whom he said, this is the rest. Wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. Yet they would not hear it. Amen. He, he was talking to those that day. But in the midst of that prophecy to them in that day, he didn't realize, hey, he was reaching into the future. He was prophesying of a day to come in Acts chapter number 2. Amen. When God allowed that spirit that Jesus was talking about, he said, I, I, I'm with you now. But if I don't go to heaven, I'll always be with you. But I can be more effective when I'm in you. Amen. He said, I've got to go so that I can come back and be in you. And in Acts chapter number 2, we find that these people began to pray and cry unto the Lord and seek after him. Amen. By the way, still God is found of those who seek him. He is found of those who seek him. If you're having a hard time finding God, let me ask you a question. Are you seeking him with your whole heart? That's not what I came to preach tonight. That was free. But I just want you to understand, God wants us and he wants our relationships, Sister Rini, more than anything in this world. He's called us into this day and into this hour for such a time as this. Isaiah said, with stammering lips and another tongue, will he speak to his people? I don't have time to get into all this. But if you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 
The Bible talks about how that tongues was not to benefit the, it's not just there to be a, a benefit for, for the believer, but he said it's there for the non-believer. He said because tongues is for a sign unto you. Isaiah said it's through tongues and stammering lips that I'm going to speak to my people. And then in Acts chapter number 2, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the, all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them, what? Cloven tongues, like as a fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all, what? Filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other what? Tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Tongues. 1 Corinthians 14, 22, if you want the verse that I was referring to. Tongues are for a sign to those around us. It got the attention of them that day. When you get the Holy Ghost, today there's going to be a sign. There's going to be the evidence that the Holy Ghost has come on the inside. There's going to be a power that is, that is uh, associated with it. I know uh, maybe I'm saying this out of just, just because, but uh, let me say this. I want you to understand, when you get the Holy Ghost, I've, so, I've seen some people absolutely go berserk. And then I've seen other people, Sister Rini, where they got the Holy Ghost, and all they stood there was their hands were uplifted and the tears were flowing. It wasn't thunder and lightning. It wasn't craziness happening. But I've seen people get the Holy Ghost. Did they get the same Holy Ghost? Absolutely. Absolutely. Why? How do I know? Because both of them were speaking in other tongues as a spirit gave them utterance. Amen. Jesus invites us that peace to, to lay ourselves and come to him. Lay ourselves on an altar and give ourselves to him anew and afresh. Amen. Praise God. This signifies here today, this whole thing, this whole rest that Isaiah was talking about, this whole peace. Can I put it this way? Peace has come when you get the Holy Ghost. Peace comes into your life. You get to experience it personally. Amen. It doesn't have to be something you hear other people talk about. It's something that you should experience on a regular basis. When, when, when my heart is overwhelmed, the psalmist said, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Why? Because I know I can get into a peaceful place. I know that everything's going to be all right. I know that I, I can have peace of mind when I'm in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 29 says, come unto me, all ye, that are, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He said this, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. And in closing this morning, we can find solace. Can we stand this morning? In the fact that we have rest, peace, and completeness in this one who was born the Prince of Peace. Hebrews chapter 4, my last verse here this morning, verses 9 through 11. 
The Bible tells us there remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that is entered into his rest, his rest, this is the subject here, he also has seized from his own works as God did from his. Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. I want to spend time in the rest of heaven. Sleep in heavenly peace. Sleep in heavenly peace. I can do that today. I can. Because he lives. Because he came. Because he was born. Because he lives. Not just lived, but because he lives still today. I can have peace. Can we thank God for the fact that we have peace?